I'm feeling like a champion. Welcome, Wildcat fans, to Hoops, the Daily Wildcat Basketball Podcast, brought to you by the Sports Desk at the Daily Wildcat. This weekly show will recap and analyze each week's UA basketball games and open a discussion on the court. I'm Ryan Ball, a sports reporter at the Daily Wildcat and your host for this podcast. Each week, we will discuss the highs and lows of that week's games, star players, and things happening in the sports world. I will be joined by reoccurring guest host Sean Fagan. This week, we will discuss the Men's March Madness Tournament first and second round results, break down the Sweet 16 matchups, and answer the big question of if the Pac-12 is being underrated. Then, we talk about the women's team's first round win against Stony Brook and give predictions for their second game against BYU and look at their future in the tournament. All right, we are back. I am here once again, as always, with Sean Fagan. Sean, how are we today? I'm doing well, Ryan. Doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing great, and we got a lot to get into. Between, I hope you're not sick of me. <laughs> not, not yet. And we, we, let's get right into it because we got a lot of basketball. We got a lot of men's, women's to get into. And let's start off with the men's side. We know our Wildcats aren't in it this year in the March Madness tournament, but there were. It was a very fun and exciting first weekend, and there were seven 11 seed or higher teams to win in the first round, let alone. And uh, that saw the biggest upset of the weekend, obviously, 15-seed Oral Roberts upset Ohio State. And that was just shocking, and it was crazy. Um, I believe it was the first 15-seed to win since 2014. So uh, did that one surprise you the most? Did any other upsets catch your eye? So that one definitely was a shocker because I think like many people, my bracket was already busted because I picked Ohio State to make it to the final four. So that one was just just completely blew my mind. I would say another one that completely shocked almost everyone, I think, was UCLA against BYU because UCLA was one of those play-in teams that nobody was really expecting anything from. Nobody was looking at them as if they're going to be a contender at all. And so far, you can argue that they've run through every single team that they have played so far. And then when we fast forward to the next week, I think it was actually after the first week, the next biggest upsets came. Everyone else was shocked by this, but I'm going to say I wasn't, was uh, Loyola Chicago, totally dominating and destroying Illinois. I had even said I wasn't high on Illinois at all because I felt Loyola Chicago had the advantage being in the same state They could go and scout that team as much as they wanted. And they probably figured if they made it in the tournament, they would have to face them at some point. So I honestly think Loyola Chicago was ready and Illinois wasn't. I I feel that they underestimated Loyola Chicago. I think everybody did because they just looked at them again as like some other small school in Illinois, you know, dominant Big Ten. They're going to run through everybody. And they embarrassed them. I mean, if we want to be honest, they completely embarrassed them. I mean, they beat them by 13 points. They led every half. It was no competition. So hats off to them. I still have them going. And, you know, like we said, I don't think there's any more perfect brackets. But for me, I would have to say, as you like you said, Oral Roberts, UCLA's run. And then, oh, yeah, um, USC and Kansas. My goodness, did they just wreck Kansas? I that was without a doubt 
one of the biggest beatdowns I have ever seen against Kansas, who has been big my entire life. So yeah. the shout out yeah. to the S shout out to the LA schools and loyal Chicago. Cause great job. You're just, you wrecked everyone's brackets, but loyal Chicago. Thank you for making my prediction come true. Yeah. And staying with uh, staying on Loyola Chicago Cameron Crutwig is just an incredible player he had 19 points 12 rebounds five assists hitting threes doing it all and really seems like uh he seems like a a little bit of a look-alike and guy who plays like Nikola Jokic from the in the NBA MVP uh front runner right now possibly um but yeah, he, he looks like him. He, he's not the most athletic guy, but he finds his spots. He gets in, and he is actually, to me, an underrated defender. I mean, like Kofi Coburn is one of the, if not, was the best big man in the country for the regular season for the Illini and literally just couldn't get any of his open looks today um, and just was basically a zero on defense. So yeah, that was shocking. And as you said, UCLA, I, I thought people were selling them short. Everyone predicted them pretty much to lose to Michigan State in that playing game in the first four. And they've just came out super hot. And, Sean, people forget that UCLA, the Bruins, they were they were the number one uh, ranked team in the Pac-12 about uh, a month and a half, two months ago, about midway through the season. So people forget yeah. that. And I think that I, I know they had a big injury, but I mean, Jamie Jaquise, Johnny Juzang and Tiger Campbell, that trio that they are, they are really good. And I mean, they have a hard upcoming matchup against Alabama in the uh, sweet 16. But before we get there, the one other team that we didn't touch uh, yet was the Syracuse orange. I mean, let's just talk about what they have did. I mean, to me, it's two words, Buddy Beheim. I mean, the kid is incredible. He had 55 points in two games, 13 three-pointers made. And I, I was a little concerned in that second game against West Virginia. I thought the Mountaineers were going to pull through. But, I mean, Buddy was just too much. When he's hitting his shots, it looks like game over. Would you see you see anything different from that game? So, I think Syracuse was one of the most underestimated teams in the tournament as well. I remember even saying in our roundtable predictions, because I, I was thinking about Houston getting this far, and they did. But what I had said was that San Diego State and Syracuse, everyone will be thankful because they are both going to play each other, and one of them is going to get knocked out. And whoever comes out of that game is going to be one of the better teams in that bracket. So with the game against West Virginia – as you had just pointed out, you know, when, when Syracuse gets going, they get going. And when I saw that, I mean, like not to sound like a pessimist, but I wasn't really that surprised because Syracuse always has a historically great program. They're almost, it's like with a team where as long as you get into the tournament, just let them do their thing and they're going to be fine. And I feel that's what Syracuse always is, always has been historically great basketball team. This year really was, I didn't really feel it was any different. Yeah, West Virginia was a top-seeded team, but as we saw with Ohio State and Illinois, the number next to your team doesn't matter. It's the number that of points you have at the end of the game that matters, and that's what they made count. This is just, I don't know if we want to say this is the year of upsets and that all the big schools are going down, but I don't know. I feel it's kind of trending that way, and honestly, I'm not really that surprised with how good these lower-seeded teams are. Yeah, and there have been a ton of upsets. As I said, there were, I mean, 
seven, 11 seed or higher teams that have won. But let's get to let's go back to the Pac-12 a little bit. And let's touch on a team that we didn't mention yet, and arguably the hottest team in the Pac-12, a team that has won five straight games, the Oregon State Beavers, dating back to the Pac-12 tournament, where they were people forget this too. They were ranked to finish, uh, I believe, last in the Pac-12 before the season started, and. They made the and they in the Pac-12 tournament they hit a hot stretch and they beat the Buffaloes in the Pac-12 championship and they've continued that success in the March Madness uh, tournament. I mean, in the first round, they uh, their first upset came against number five Tennessee, and then in the second round they defeated Oklahoma State and the Cowboys were a lot of people's pick to either go to the Elite Eight, Final Four. Um, because of Cade Cunningham, one of the most talented freshmen that we've seen besides Zion Williamson, probably in the last five years or so, everyone has been raving about him as he has been an incredible player. He's just cooled down the last two games in the tournament, but I'm not so worried about that. But um, with the Oregon state, Jared Lucas and Ethan Thompson are for real. I mean, Jared Lucas can really control an offense, control the pace, and he's a pretty good shooter and gets everyone involved. And um, Tinkle has this team going. And I, I think people are sleeping on them still. I think they could easily beat Loyola Chicago. I know Loyola Chicago is really hot. They're really good. They just beat Illinois. But, I mean, this Oregon State team is as, as hot or, or hotter than any team in the country right now. How do you feel about them? Yeah, I think they're, uh, they're definitely the real deal. Um... I think they, I mean, if I want to, I don't know if anyone would agree with me on this. I think they were lower seated than they should have been. I mean, they're number 12. I mean, like you just talked about, UCLA was the top team in the Pac-12. And then out of nowhere, Oregon State comes and wins that tournament. So you have top teams in that conference and they seated them at what, number 12? I honestly think they could have been like at least an eighth seed. I think they were I think they were underestimated by the tournament as well. But again, you know, that's not for us yeah, to factor. And Sean, I think that gets back to the point that which I've been saying is like and a lot of others, the Pac-12 is being disrespected. Not a lot of people watch the Pac-12, watch Pac-12 basketball, even football, because we're on the West Coast. But yeah, I think I think all the teams got underseeded. But besides UCLA, I think that was about right because they hit a little bump at the end of the season. But USC being a six seed. Oregon being a number seven seed, these are these teams when they're hitting and they're clicking, they're hitting shots, they're clicking. They're some of the hottest teams in basketball. I mean, as we've seen the first weekend, the Oregon Ducks are for real. Like, oh, yeah. they, they just dominated a, a very talented Kansas team. And yeah, I think, and, and let's just get right into it. I mean, I don't know, or, my, my bad, Oregon beat Iowa. USC beat Kansas, but yeah, let's get into that game because that's the matchup that I'm most excited for this coming weekend uh, in the sweet 16. It's the number six, as I just said, the UCLA, I mean the USC Trojans, my bad against the number seven seed Oregon ducks. And I think this matchup is going to be fantastic. There's so many highly talented, high talented players there. And I really think that I, I, my pick right now, I'm leaning towards Oregon just because of their yeah. depth. They got Will, Will Richardson, uh, Chris Duarte lead the show. And I think if they're hitting their shots, they're one of the best shooting teams in the country, probably next to Oregon to me. How do you think this matchup's going to go, Sean? 
I think uh, if I get his last name right, Omoruyi also with Oregon, I think he's going to go off as well. And you, like you said, you just talked about Duarte. Like Duarte, honestly, he reminds me of like a J.J. Redick, but who's more skilled. Like he is that catch and shoot. You give him the ball, the three's going down, whether he's open or not. I feel that he's ready for this type of play. Like you said, though, the only tough thing is that they play USC. And of course, you know, we don't like any of these teams like two, three weeks ago when like Arizona's going up against them. But now it's like we're so high on the whole Pac-12 conference because like, let's just face it. They have embarrassed what everyone considers probably the best or one of the best conferences, the Big Ten. I mean, the Big Ten has just been humiliated in this tournament. I mean, every top-seeded team of theirs has just gotten knocked out. Like, they have just been destroyed. And most of them have been destroyed by the Pac-12. And that's a testament. Like I said, if Colorado hadn't have lost to Florida State, I think Colorado was going to beat Michigan. And I think it was going to be three of the four Final Four teams could have been from the Pac-12. We'll never know that now. But... Yeah, I'm excited for the USC-Oregon matchup. Uh, really, like when I look at that and then the rest of the Sweet 16, I'm excited for U- UCLA-Alabama because, again, with with UCLA, they're, again, another team that no one expected to be there. I mean, like you said, hats off to the Pac-12. I think they've reestablished themselves as the – basketball powerhouse conference that they used to be because again ucla is the most just what you can argue is the most storied university when it comes to college basketball going all the way back to their coaching and the players that have come out of there and i think the future is bright for the pac-12 i think recruits are going to come more now especially the oregon schools i mean my gosh what a what a tournament they have had like i said I'm just excited for what's going to happen. As long as one, if one Pac-12 team can make it to the final four, they've reestablished themselves as the conference to beat. Yeah. And the Pac-12, as Bill Walton likes to say, is the conference of champions. And he's been saying (laughs) it for a while and I haven't really believed them because the Pac-12 hasn't really, you know, had that much of success in the, in the March madness and late in the season in the past, but this season for sure they have, but a team that, is right now probably the best team in college basketball. We have to touch on them a little bit. The Gonzaga Bulldogs, they are just yep. playing on a different level right now. They opened, they opened their, uh, the tournament again, they beating Norfolk state. They won 98 to 55, which is just insane. Something that we just, you, you don't, you don't see a lot The team winning by 43 points in the tournament came and then they followed it up against eight seed Oklahoma. They they beat them by 16. Not as bad of a beat down, but they still looked pretty good. And um, yeah, they're 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 top three players. Drew Timmy, Jalen Suggs, Corey Kispert. They can go against anybody. Corey Kispert right now, I think, is underappreciated. People don't talk much enough about Kispert. Uh, I I think he he can just do it all. He can spot up shoot off the dribble he can drive he can get his teammates involved um and he's scores at one of the highest levels in college basketball so i i really like as i just said the uh, i really like the pac-12 teams oregon and usc in that side of the bracket along with gonzaga but i i don't right now i don't believe that somebody's going to beat gonzaga do you disagree 
I agree with you 100%. I'd pick Gonzaga from the very beginning to win it all. I had said that they were going to go up against Houston in the championship. And as of now, Gonzaga's still in it. Houston's still in it. Uh, Michigan, for me, is still in it. Like I said, it's just Ohio State. That's why I'm saying, though, I do think that it's going to be a Final Four matchup between Baylor and Houston. And I think Houston will beat Baylor because I don't really feel that Baylor's had much competition yet. I mean, like I said, they, they destroyed Hartford. Yeah, they beat a number nine Wisconsin team. But I just feel that Baylor knows Wisconsin. I don't think I like I don't know. Like, will Baylor know Houston? Will they will they be able to match up against them? We'll see. I think that's the next upset that's gonna be looming. Because I know everyone's hyping right now on Baylor, but I don't know. I'm just not feeling it with them. But I am with Gonzaga. Like I said, any team that enters a tournament undefeated, they're playing for more of a purpose than anybody else. They're, as I said, they're playing for history. And right now, Gonzaga is looking like that historic team. Because, you know, the South is much weaker without a lot of the power teams like Duke. I think North Carolina, I mean, North Carolina got, they exited really early. Kentucky's not there. So the South was much weaker. That's why I thought Ohio State was going to run through it. But like I said, they got upset. But yeah, Gonzaga all the way. I feel they're going to take it. Yeah, as you know, I agree with you. And as you brought up Balor, Balor is facing off against a really hot, Villanova Wildcats team in the Sweet 16. Villanova beat number 12 seed Winthrop 73 to 63 in the first round, followed it up with an 84 to 61 win over North Texas. North Texas, as we know, beat um, the Texas Longhorns, who was some people's pick to go to the Final Four, Elite Eight. But yeah, they, they uh, were one of those teams that was the result of a big upset there. But yeah, the, the Villanova Wildcats, they lost their best player star point guard Colin Gillespie, one of the best point guards in the country to a season-ending injury a few weeks before the tournament. But they still got some really good players. Jeremiah Robinson Earl is one of the most talented forwards in the country. The guy can post up, hit hit uh, jumpers, and uh, he could just do it all. And the, along with Justin Moore and Jermaine Samuels, this team is they're, – they're very low-key deep. They're a deep team, and – I think don't be surprised. All I'm going to say is if they upset at the uh, if they upset Balor this weekend, do you? Uh, oh yeah, you think I won't be surprised. I won't be surprised at all. I just think I think this is the year. It was it, it is the year of the small schools, but I do feel that like a lot of them, like Creighton's run, it's going to end against Gonzaga. I actually, I'm, man, I think I'm still feeling loyal to Chicago against Oregon State. But again, they're eventually going to have to face, I believe, Houston or Syracuse. I still believe it's going to be Houston. And I don't think they'll make it past them. And then again, Baylor up against, as we just said, Villanova. I think, I think Villanova can pull off the upset. And then it may be, it may be Arkansas, I think, coming out of the South as well. I don't think, or I mean, if Oral Roberts' run keeps going, you know, congrats to them. But I think Arkansas will end that. And I think UCLA will take down Alabama. And I think Michigan will beat wow. Florida State. That's a bold, that's a bold prediction there. I, I love UCLA. And as I raved about them a few minutes ago, but, um, Alabama is – I was actually just going to get into them. They're one of my favorite teams. I mean, John Petty, Javian Quirney, Jaden Shackleford, this team is a very deep team. They got a ton of guards that could shoot the ball, and and they're a pretty good defensive team, and they have looked very good in the tournament so far. So I wouldn't be – don't be – I could see it being close, but don't be surprised if Alabama 
wins that game big. But Sean, before we before we uh, before we talk about the women's uh, team today, let's just run down some quick predictions. Um, or uh, as you said, you think uh, Arkansas is going to beat Oral Roberts? I agree. Syracuse, Houston. I- I'm going to go with the upset there. I think Syracuse is going to roll. Houston almost lost to Rutgers. They they eked it out last weekend, but that was a very close game. And I actually think they should have lost that game, but they pulled it out. But Sean, do you think uh, Syracuse could pull it off? I'm still going to stick with Houston. I picked them for my final four. I still feel confident with them. I know that, like I said, with how you just talked about with Syracuse, but Syracuse barely beat West Virginia. So it's going to be two teams that barely beat their opponents. I know that Syracuse was the upset, but like I said, I, I still think Houston has enough firepower to take them down. Yeah, and as, a, as we know in the past, Syracuse, as we said, has been uh, – they've been a high seed, but don't get fooled by the seeding in this tournament. A lot of teams, you know, even UCLA, Oregon, USC, they're not really what their seed says. Syracuse is playing like a four seed, three seed right now, so you never know. But the last game, uh, Florida State against Michigan. I actually picked Florida State to win this game. Michigan – is missing one of their best players, and they haven't looked the best. They slipped last game. They pulled it out, but what do you think there? I'm still going to stick with Michigan. I think that, as you just talked about, from I mean, I know everyone's probably going to say this. It's going to sound like a broken record, but, you know, the way this tournament has been going, I just I wouldn't be surprised to see Michigan beat Florida State, even though I'm sure people think Florida State's the better team, and like Michigan's had their troubles with injuries as well, but – you know, I, I, I think a lot of people slept on Michigan. I even think some people don't even believe that they should have been the number one seed. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm like actually one of those people. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone was probably thinking either Alabama or Florida State should have been that number one seed in that uh, bracket. But, you know, I, I still lo- love for Michigan. Shout out to Coach Juwan Howard, Fab Five. Great coach for this team. Like I said, I, I'm pulling for them pulling, and for him as well. Yeah, he's a very good coach. And – yeah, we're looking forward to a great second weekend of college basketball, the Sweet 16. Um, it, it, should be, it should be a good one. Uh, but on that note, unfortunately, we have to take a break and hear from our sponsor. Welcome, Daily Wildcat listeners, to the Wildcat Weekly Recap Podcast. This weekly news podcast will highlight and bring you up to date on all University of Arizona news you may have missed in the last week. I'm your host, Maggie Rockwell, Assistant News and Science Editor, and I'll keep you informed and in the know. Listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere you stream. This is a Daily Wildcat news production online all the time at dailywildcat.com. That was a word from our sponsor. If you are interested in working for the Daily Wildcat and are a student at UA, visit dailywildcat.com slash apply now. All right. Uh, I am back here with Sean. Sean, let's get into the women's basketball team. They had a very good 35-point win against uh, Stony Brook in the first round of the women's March Man this tournament. And, yeah, they it was really just a dominant performance. I mean, on every end you want to look at it, they, they had three players over 15 points, which normally we know with this team is not because McDonald normally leads the way. And that the reason they normally lose some of these games is because they don't get the production. But uh, Baptiste – it was eight for 10 from the field, 18 points, six rebounds. 
uh, three steals. Then you had uh, Kate Reese, 16 points, six rebounds, seven for nine from the field, and McDonald, eight for 14 from the field, two for five from three, 20 points, four assists, three steals. Sean, break it down for me. What did you see from this game? So as you just noted, uh, one of the most interesting stats as well is that when Trinity Baptiste and Kate Reese both score in double digits, this team is undefeated. And Coach Barnes had talked about that. What she meant was it needs to be something other than the Ari McDonald show because she has carried this team a lot throughout the season. When you get into the tournament, you're going to need a complete play from everybody because you're not going to win without that, even with the lower seeded teams. But I'm going to be honest. I was actually surprised by how much Arizona won by. I thought the nerves were kind of going to get the better of them because they hadn't been to the tournament in, I think, like 16 years. And this was all about defense. I mean, yeah, they scored a lot of points, but they held Stony Brook 29% from the field and 20% from three. I mean, Stony Brook only took two threes in the first quarter, made none of them. Two in the second, made one. Two in the third, made none four in the fourth and only made one because now in this modern day age, you know, you live or die by the three and this team died 100% by the three. And just like I said, last week, one of the things that Arizona was going to have to do is um, on Stony Brook's team um, Dingle. She, I believe she's a point guard and she's an assist machine and they needed to shut her down because she was the orchestrator of Stony Brook. She scored 14 points, but she only had one assist. And you can see by her only having one assist, the effect that it had on their team. Two of their starters didn't score any points. And then you go down the bench, it was like six points, five points, three points, two points. And then some players, most like three or four from the rest of zero. So defense won this game. They took down their point guard, their orchestrator. Assists were not going to be dished out. And honestly, like I said, too, 29% shooting from the field for Stony Brook. I don't care who you are. You are not going to win a game when you shoot 29% from the field. So defense definitely won out in this game. It was an all around like just offense too. They, they played a great game and you know, I don't think many people expect them. They did myself being one of them, but they did Arizona won every quarter up by 30. Like they scored 37 points in the first half. So from everything you, from every angle you look at it, there was no stopping this team. Yeah, and as you mentioned, teams nowadays shoot a lot of three-pointers. The women's team, the Arizona women's team, hasn't traditionally been a great shooting team this year, but they were 67% from, from deep, 8 for 12, and had um, they had three players with two or more threes. I mean, you think that was a big part of this victory? Yeah, I do think so. As you know, we just noted, it's just become a three-point league, and – one of their players too was um, Helena Poyo. They talked with her about, they could talk with coach Barnes is that if she's hitting threes, then this team is doing well. And she hit two of three. And even with just six points, when you're hitting threes or when you're that consistent, you're probably going to win a lot of games. Again, as coach Barnes had been talking about, it's not about their opponent. It's about them as a team. And that as long as they focus on themselves then they should be fine. And I think that they did that really well. Yeah, and uh, let's move on. Actually, the Arizona Wildcats, they're playing BYU right now, currently as we're recording this. But let's just get – let me get your thoughts. How did, what was your mindset and how did you feel about this matchup against, you know, 11-seed BYU? You think they, they could have got get through this easily? I 
do not believe that they would have gotten through whomever they played easily because it was, I think, BYU and Rutgers, if I'm not mistaken, is the other team that they would have faced. And yeah, BYU is the lower seed, but people were even saying about Arizona, if they would be lucky if they made it out of the second round because, yeah, we're their number three seed, but they're most of their roster is inexperienced and has not played in the tournament. And as we all know, regular season means nothing once you hit the playoffs because it's just a completely different mindset. And I think that's kind of shown right now against BYU because I'm, I'm not certain on this hundred percent, but I'm sure BYU has more players that have played in the tournament than Arizona. I believe Ari McDonald was in uh, sweet 16, but that was with Washington. So that was not with Arizona and then I believe most of the rest of the team, including Trinity Baptiste, one of their best players, has not played in the tournament. So I think a little bit of fatigue is showing right now, like playoff fatigue. But hey, you know, there's still one quarter left. They're tied to 37-37. We'll see what happens. You know, we're all pulling from here because, you know, with the men's team being riddled with allegations and whatnot, it's nice to see somebody's actually doing something good. Yeah, as you said, it's great to see one of the two basketball teams in the postseason. And like you just said, also, this team is tied 37-37 going into the fourth quarter as we're taping this. Um, And just one stat that sticks out to me, let's just do some little live in-game breakdown. They're shooting the ball 25% from deep, three for 12. I mean, as I just said, they were 67%. So – it seems like their shooting is a little bit inconsistent. You think so? Yeah, that's one of the uh, downfalls that this team has faced throughout the year. They're either going to drop like 70 points on your head and win by a lot, or they're going to maybe score like 50 or 60 points and lose or just barely lose. So the team's shooting has been a bit streaky like I said, they they go and they completely blow out Washington State in the first game of the Pac-12 tournament by 16 points, and then they turn around and then they lose to UCLA with only scoring 49 points versus the 60 that they scored against Washington State. Like I said, they scored 79 points against Stony Brook, and right now against BYU, they only have 37. Now, granted, BYU also has 37 as well. Maybe that's a great play by Arizona's defense, but yeah, this offense right now is... Um, it's drier than the San Antonio desert that they're playing in. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Sean, uh, let let me get your uh, prediction on this game in, in live as we're taping this. Do you, you think they're going to pull this out? I'm never going to root against the university that I go not, to. Not, not rooting. Leave the root. Just try to your most unbiased, you know. My most unbiased prediction. Slash- My most unbiased slash kind of biased prediction. I think Arizona can pull this game out. It's going to come down to the final possession. I think they're going to, I think they can do it. Um, I hope they can do it. Shout out to Arizona. Yeah. And uh, before we go, I want to get your take on how far do you think this team can go? Because if they beat this team, they will be in the sweet 16. So you think they can make a little final four run here? I think everybody was expecting them or at least hoping for them to make the sweet 16. And I was saying the, I was talking about the same thing is that if they make it to the sweet 16, then that would be like good enough and satisfying, not only for myself, but I think for the rest of everybody at the U of a, because when you look at who they would have to play next, it's either going to be seven Iowa state or number two, Texas A&M. And then if they get past that, you've got, 
Indiana or North Carolina or NC State waiting for you and every other top seeded team in the tournament, South Carolina, Georgia Tech, UCLA, Texas, Maryland. So, you know, if they if they can pull this win out against BYU and get to the Sweet 16 and if they lost there, I wouldn't be upset. I think that's as far as they were always going to make it. If they make it any farther, then that would be like a total shock because, again, the inexperience of no one playing in the tournament and having played so long and not made it that far to always like come up close, but not get there kind of weighs on you, but they're there right now. So sweet 16 was what I was, would be happy with, but if they go any further, you know, please like blow my mind and, you know, make me wrong. I would not mind being wrong. Yeah. We're all rooting for the wildcats here at the Delhi wildcat, but unfortunately we are out of time. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at the Del- at Daily Wildcat and at Wildcat Hoops, and be sure to give us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts, download it on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And until next week, we say peace. Thank you for listening. This has been Hoops, the Daily Wildcat Basketball Podcast. Thank you to everyone involved in this project, including sports editor Jacob Benuti, assistant sports editor Ari Coslo. Managing Editor and Producer Pascal Albright, the Sports Desk at the Daily Wildcat, Arizona Student Media, and you, our listeners. For more, contact or visit us online and sign up for our weekly newsletter. The Daily Wildcat online all the time at dailywildcat.com. This has been Hoops, the Daily Wildcat basketball podcast. They said that it can't be done. Whoa, whoa.